Hello! It's us! Welcome! You know us! Oh, it's just sort of the story! The podcast! Uh, the podcast, sort of the story, with me, Max! And me, Janie! Yeah. We are here to tell each other some stories, and also you are here. Welcome! We're glad you're here! Yeah! Th- there was, like, basically no downtime in between no, we us were telling <laughs> recording episodes, so uh, we don't have any news. Yeah, we recorded uh, the last episode two days ago, so yeah. uh, nothing new. Uh, I got a fit hoop. I got a fit hoop, oh, and Jesus it's very Christ. noisy, and I'm bad at it. It sounds like it sounds like a plastic water bottle <laughs> full of popcorn kernels that someone's just shaking. That's what it sounds um, like. It's very fun. Um, but yeah, that's the news with me. Yeah. I don't think I have any news. Um, got a haircut? Oh, I got a haircut. We talked to our friend Eli. We talked to our friend Eli! Eli! Hi, Eli! Yeah. I think that's it. You want to just get into it? I Yeah. Max has some cool ones today, and so we are in the... <laughs> All right, Max, I have a candy cane, and I am ready to learn. <laughs> it's January 15th. <laughs> <laughs> it's the 16th. It's my cousin's birthday. Oh, hell. Happy birthday, your cousin. Mm-hmm. So I got I got a, a couple little stories for you today. I recently purchased a book called Strange Tales from Japan, uh, 99 Chilling Stories of Yokai Ghosts, Demons, and the Supernatural. The illustration of the cover is scary stories to tell in the dark meets, like, just Japanese horror. It's yeah. so cool. It is uh, translated by William Scott Wilson, collected and retold by Keisuke uh, Nishimoto. And if you look at it in the most kind and loving way, it looks like one of those, like, discount books you get at Barnes & Noble in, in a lot of ways, I think. I don't think um, so. I think it looks beautiful. <laughs> but this is genuinely one of the best, like collections of folklore that I've read. Um, Just from a purely like folkloric and anthropological perspective, uh, William Scott Wilson, who is the translator and also um, collaborator on this work, talks in his foreword about like what this means in terms of like how these stories can help you get a better understanding of like how people in Japan like think in some ways and like how Japanese culture is like psychologically and things like that, which is, is really cool. He also talks about um, all the different places that Keisuke Nishimoto got the stories from. He was saying, you know, you can get like big collections of, you know, the old manuscripts of like tales told of heroes and everything like that, that were written down by like monks and, you know, uh, courtesans hundreds and even thousands of years ago. Um, but those are also stories of monks and courtesans. And yeah. if you go to Japan, basically every little town will have, like just in the gas station or something like that, will have like a little bound book of their local stories because um, cool. a lot of the stories are like very, very local. Uh, there's actually, there's a quote in the foreword that I thought was just so cool that I want to read it. He quotes uh, Yanagita Kunio, uh, the great folklorist of Japan, defined the difference between traditional tales and folk tales as follows. What is the difference between traditional tales and folk tales? I would answer that folk tales are like animals and traditional tales are like plants. Folk tales go about here and there, but no matter where they go, they are perceived as having the same form or face. Traditional tales set their roots down to grow in one locality and always grow up in that place. Sparrows or field buntings all have the same face, but plum trees and camellias, tree by tree, are differing in shape and thus are seen and remembered individually. Many of the cute little birds of folktales make their nests in the middle of forests and thickets of traditional tales, 
but at the same time, the highly fragrant seeds and pollen of various traditional tales are carried off far away as well. The strength of plants to flourish and grow strong is hidden in the land's earth and water, and in the brilliance of the sun. History puts these to use just as in cultivating the soil in agriculture. If one regulates the tillage of history, it is natural that the traditional tales of mountains and fields are restricted in form. So basically saying just there are these grand folk tales and everything, the um, traditional tales that are like known about Japan and everything like that, but then there are also the folk tales which are specific to the place that they come from and they are told like word of mouth. So someone might pass through a region, hear the story, and then bring it home. But the way that the stories are told is necessarily like rather than saying like once upon a time you tell where the story comes from so they are necessarily bound to the place that they're from in many ways um, which is really cool that is um, awesome yeah it's just really if you're interested in like the study of folklore um it's his intro is really cool as like a kind of a primer on how on a good and ethical way to think about uh collecting folk tales so anyways super super cool nishimoto keisuke or keisuke nishimoto um i'm actually not sure which one is uh mm-hmm. Uh, correct. But he also wrote um, Nihon Kaidan Shu, Nihon uh, Dinsetsu Shu, and Senso no Hanashi, which are all the originals of the stories that are retold here and translated by William Scott Wilson. So um, those are all in Japanese, but he's specifically a folklorist of yokai. Cool. Yeah. So this is this is a yokai cool story. And <laughs> cool and spooky. I'm excited. I'm going to start off with... Actually, not the one that I was going to start off with. I'm going to start off with a story from... Kagoshima, which is uh, from the Kagoshima Prefecture. I'm not good at Japanese pronunciation, so please bear with me. I think you I was just thinking <laughs> you're doing uh, phenomenally. Oh, thanks. So, like, I mean, I don't have a lot to go off of, but I think it sounds great. <laughs> um, Kagoshima Prefecture is um, off the southernmost island off of Japan, um, Kyushu. Uh, and so it's, it's southwest of Japan, basically, um, and it is an island. It is called The Cat's Return of a Favor. There once was a man, and the man had a cat, and the cat was very, very good. Just a very polite cat. What's that like? Yeah. <laughs> What's that like? <laughs> um, uh, except that, like, very very occasionally it would steal, like, scraps of food from, you know, the table after they were done with dinner. Yeah. So one day, the man prepared this spectacular feast um, of, like, this huge fish that he had caught, and the cat stole the fish off the table before he could serve it and oh, no. tried to eat it. And he was so upset, he'd been slaving over the stove, and so he threw he threw a, a pair of cooking tongs towards the cat, trying mm-hmm. to scare the cat away from the fish, but it accidentally hit the cat in the eye um, and put its eye out. No! And the cat screeched and jumped up and ran out of the house. Poor baby! And the man immediately felt bad. He was like, oh my god. And so he, he ran out after the cat, but he wasn't, he kept calling for it, calling for it, but he wasn't able to find the cat. Um, so he went back home and sometime later, months, years, he uh, had to go on a business trip out of town. He went, he conducted his business. And then on his way home, he realized that it was getting close to dark um, and he was kind of in the middle of nowhere. So he was like, I've got to find a place to stay. Mm-hmm. And he saw off in the distance a house with a single light on. Um, and so he went to the house and um, he was like, excuse me, I I need to get home, but um, it's getting dark. Can I stay with you for the night? Mm-hmm. Um, and this woman with one eye comes out. Oh, no. And she says, yes, absolutely. You can come stay at the house. And so she makes him this beautiful dinner and um, gives him uh, a palette to lie on and everything. And she sort of looks at him curiously and she says, do you know who I am? And he says, no, mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think I would remember um, you. And she says, I'm your cat from mm-hmm. before. <laughs> Hello, I'm the me. cat. Hi. You're a cat. <laughs> um, 
the man uh, immediately jumps up and he like falls over himself apologizing. He's like, yeah. I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't mean to hit you with those tongs. Mm. And um, I, I was just trying to scare you, you off. And I'm so sorry. And the woman is like, it's okay. Like, I don't have an eye now. And that's not great. But I understand you didn't do it on purpose. And I completely forgive you. Um, and the man is like, oh, thank God. Like, I felt terrible about that forever. And uh, the woman is like, it's fine. I mean, I was stealing fish, so I deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the punishment does not match the crime. <laughs> uh, and she says, listen, mm -hmm. this house is a trap. It's the home of a cat monster who eats people. It traps people in the house and then eats them. So you've got to, like, go before you get eaten. Her um, as a cat is suspicious, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, absolutely. And so he packs up all of his things and she says, okay. You gotta run. As soon as you get out of the house, there's gonna be this rock rain, like a, ra a rain of rocks that will come down on you, thousands and thousands of rocks. Mm -hmm. No matter what, though, you can't stop. Keep your head down, but like, don't trip because if you trip, you'll be dead. Like, the, there are thousands of cats outside now, now that you're in here. And they will kill you and eat you. Oh, shoot. Um, so you have to just open the door and run. This is definitely a nightmare my mom has had. My mom is, <laughs> like, very, very terrified of cats. <laughs> this is her worst nightmare. And she says, you have to go. Thank you so much for all the years that you took care of me. I, unfortunately, once these other cats and cat monsters uh, find out that I let you go, they're going to kill me. Oh, so, no. um, anyways, bye. And then she bites off her own tongue and dies. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? And Run with him, crazy. <laughs> so the man like runs out and he is hit by this like hailstorm of rocks and he sees all these cats running after him. <laughs> but uh, he is very careful and he doesn't trip and he runs all the way home and he gets home safely and he's like, wow, <laughs> what a good cat. And that's the end of the story. Oh. Um, so that's just a little primer for you. So is it get into the real business. just a demon? Just like a... Yeah. Okay. So I should have I talked yeah, about this. Yeah. Can you... Um, Yes, it's a demon. Um, there are um, a bunch of different kinds of demons and stuff like that. Um, one of the most famous ones is like Oni, which yeah. are basically ogres. You see like masks a lot and stuff. There are also Hanya, which are like female Oni who uh, a lot of times when you see like no opera, N-O-H in Japan, mm -hmm. um, it's stories of like yokai, um, specifically yeah. Oni and Hanya. I feel like I've seen mostly the Hanya then, right? Like the yeah. beautiful. Woman yeah, it's like okay? a beautiful woman with um, usually a white mask um, yeah. that has like she'll have like horns or something like that. Yeah. So, um, but yokai can be literally anything. Um, this is something that's come into pop culture a lot more recently. But there's like anything from like kappa, which are little like either turtles or sometimes frogs that have a bowl on top of their head and they're like tricksters kind of. But mm -hmm. if you empty out the, the water in the bowl on their head, they die. Uh, <laughs> and like there's like the Japanese, uh, no, I'm sorry, that's Chinese, Chinese hopping vampires. So not Chinese hopping vampires. Uh, well, um, there are effectively yokai in china as well um like obviously there was lots of communication between yeah um and so there there are chinese yokai as well um but just i'm trying to focus on japanese uh, and i'm doing a terrible job no you're doing um, a great like... job keep, keep going. that was a great explanation um also there's a uh, one called the uh, Kuchisaki Ona, um, who is a woman whose mouth is split on both sides. That's the one. Like a Glasgow smile. Yeah, it's super messed up. She, like, yeah, there's I, I, her and there's, like, a bunch of other yokai that are, um, like, women who will come up to you, like, 
when you're walking the streets of Tokyo at night and they'll be like, do you think I'm pretty? And if you say yes, then they'll um, like eat you. And if you say no, then they'll like claw your throat out. So it's kind of a no win situation. Um, Lots of, you could just not respond. Uh, No, you can't. (laughs) There's a way to get through it, but I'll let you guys Google that. (laughs) Uh, Have fun. (laughs) uh, There's also, there's, um, uh, there's a podcast called cryptid keepers Mm. which uh, they did an episode on the Kuchisaki Ona um, that's very good. And I love them. And also you should listen to that podcast. You got to go into the vaults because they don't do it anymore. Yes. uh, uh, The podcast has ended. Which is fair because there are a lot of cryptids, but after a while, I feel like you're repeating cryptids. You know, like there's just so many cultures have the same ones. Yeah. Just variations on and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyways, they can be literally anything. Some of them are like animals and some of them are like more like demons and some of them are just kind of people that are fucked up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But they're all like, a lot of them have like sort of tricks that they'll play on you. Um, And so like you have to know about them in order to survive an encounter with them. So that's kind of, kind of what yokai are. There are... (laughs) A lot of them. Uh, I just... Uh, and we just saw, like, a cat demon. Like, we just yes. saw the cat version. Amazing. Yeah. I'm going to be talking more about cat demons. That's that the topic for today. A wonderful intro. Now to my main story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really excited to know this. I genuinely am. It's also, great. new cryptids dropping. <laughs> new cryptid, baby! <laughs> All right. So. Okay. Once upon a time. Okay. Uh, this story, I specifically said that they don't start with Once Upon a Time, so I will say this story is from uh, the Yamaguchi Prefecture, which is on the southwest tip of what we think of like as the main island of Japan, which is called uh, Ooh, Honshu. Okay. Which is like the main. It has it's like the big one that's shaped kind of like a banana. Yeah. Um, it's on like the southwest tip of the island, and uh, it is in the Chugoku region. Um, so Yamaguchi Prefecture is where this story comes from. In the Yamaguchi Prefecture, there was a housewife and a maid who lived together. Um, mm-hmm. The maid sort of looked after the housewife, and the housewife was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, this maid started feeding a stray cat, and eventually it sort of became her cat, as happens to all of us all the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's not sarcasm. That's, no, that's something that yeah. actually happens. <laughs> that's how most people get their cats. So this maid <laughs> starts feeding this cat, and the cat sort of bonds with her, and it just becomes her cat. The housewife hates cats. Um, she, every time she sees this cat, she will throw things at it and kick it. And she always, she keeps yelling at the maid. She's like, you have to get rid of that cat. You have to get that cat out of here. Um, I hate that cat. Rude. Um, and the maid won't. Yeah. She loves her cat so much. She's like, excuse um, me, I put up with a lot of your shit. Yeah. She's like, I love this cat so much. Um, but finally the housewife, uh, gets like completely over it. And she's like, look. Either you get rid of the cat or you're fired and mm-hmm. get out. And so the maid is like, oh, my God. And, you know, she's she doesn't have a lot of money saved up. The housewife doesn't pay well. So she decides that she has to get rid of the cat. But before she does... Find another job. Yeah. Before she, you know, goes and get, gets rid of the cat, she goes to look for the cat and the cat is gone. And it she's kind of the relieved. ultimatum. It's like, oh, yeah. whoops, sorry, man. <laughs> uh, she's kind of relieved that she doesn't have to kick out this cat that she loves so much. But very quickly becomes very, very lonely. And she spends all of her time uh, cleaning up after the housewife and just missing this cat that she loves so much. <laughs> Several months later, a traveling priest comes to the housewife's house. Um, and he says, didn't you used to have that cat? That was so cool. And the maid is like, yes, but I don't know where the cat is. And he says, oh, well, I was actually 
at this mountain, uh, Mount Inaba, uh, on the island of Kyushu, which is just across the Kanmon Straits mm-hmm. from the Yamaguchi Prefecture. So it's like a trip away. But he was like, I was just at that mountain and I saw your cat. Oh, um, and it so, made it. Yeah, so the maid immediately drops everything that she's doing and she's like, hey, fuck you to the houseway. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes to go get her cat. Amazing. Um, and she travels all the way to um, Mount Inaba um, and she gets there and then she realizes she has no idea how to start looking for this cat. Like, it's a big <laughs> mountain and she's looking for a tiny cat. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so she sort of wanders around for a little while and then it starts to get dark. Um, and so she she passes this man traveling on the road and she says... I uh, I think I'm lost. Do you know if there's a place that I can stay near here? And he says, just keep going the way you're going. Um, and there's a place like right up the road. Hmm. So she keeps going and she comes to this beautiful, huge mansion just in the middle of nowhere, like completely out of place. And she's like marveling at it um, when this young woman walks out the door. Mm-hmm. And uh, the maid says, I've come to find my cat, but um, I think I got lost um, and it's getting dark. Do you- could I stay at your house tonight? Yeah. Um, and the young woman uh, sort of smiles at her with a an icy glint in her eye. And she Mm-mm. says, have you come here to be eaten too? Um, uh, no. And then she sort of like grins in a scary way. Yeah, at every, every, every green Red flag. after that is a scary way, no matter what. That's a weird yeah. thing to say. So she says, have you come here to be eaten too? And the maid is like, um, and she feels a chill run down her spine. Um, but before she uh, has time to sort of process, this older woman comes out behind the young woman and says, Hi, I'm so sorry. Did did this young woman just say something super weird to you? <laughs> <laughs> and the maid is like, yeah. And she's like, okay, I realize that was probably terrifying, but just ignore her. Uh, no. She, <laughs> um, no. She's just like that. Um, she's just terrifying. Yes, absolutely. You can come stay in this house for the night. And so the maid is like, um, okay. But she doesn't really have an alternative because it's dark now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, she comes into the house and the old woman prepares um, a bed for her, um, like a pallet bed. And uh, she makes her dinner and everything. And she is sort of like, look, I know that this is super suspicious, but I promise you're safe. And like, everything is fine. I swear. Okay. Um, And so the maid, you know, sort of settles down and she, she goes to sleep. She wakes up at midnight and she hears the sound of someone talking in the next room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her first thought is that it's a flesh-eating demon. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Specifically, she, like, wakes up and she's like, hmm, someone's talking. Gotta be a demon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, like, I would also think that. Like, I would never forget what that lady said. But, like, <laughs> you're just, like, you wake up and you're like, oh, someone's like, oh, hey, what's up? And you're like, oh, gotta be a demon. Oh my god, somebody's here to I'm eat get my flesh. Here we go. <laughs> uh, okay, but again, that's also what I would think. That's yeah. not a far off reach for what she's just experienced. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, you know, you can't live in fear. You can't go through your life thinking that everyone who's talking is a flesh-eating demon. I, You know what? Counterpoint, yes you can and you should. Are they a flesh-eating demon? <laughs> Remains to be seen. Okay. <laughs> um, so she opens the um, the sliding paper door in between her room and the next one. Mm-hmm. She opens it just a crack and she peeks in and she sees, lying on the floor, completely asleep, the two most beautiful women she's ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're both just sleeping. Um, yeah, minding their own business. Yeah. and she, But they're obviously not talking. And so um, she is like, oh, it must have been the room after that. So she goes to the room beyond that and she cracks the door a little bit. 
And she sees two more of just these absolutely beautiful women sleeping on the floor. And she, obviously, there's no one talking there either. So she's like, okay. And she stops and she listens very closely. Yeah. Um, and she tries to hear what, what the person's saying. And she realizes it's the older woman who she met earlier speaking yeah. to the younger woman who threatened to eat her. <laughs> yeah. And she says, the older woman is kind of chastising the young woman. She says, that that maid is a very kind person. She just came here for her cat. Aww. And you, under no circumstances, should you fasten your teeth on her. Nope. <laughs> um, and she's sort of telling her off. And so the maid is listening to this and she's like, fasten my, fasten teeth on me? I didn't realize that was a possibility. I have to leave. And so she goes back to her room. She starts packing up all of her things in her little uh, bag uh, very, very quietly. Yeah. And she's getting ready to, like, <laughs> jump out the window <laughs> yeah, to get just, away. Yeah, like, run through the paper walls. And the old woman, um, just as she's about to run away, the old woman comes to her door and says, hey. And the maid looks up. And it's the voice of the older woman mm -hmm. and the clothing and everything of the older woman um, and the older woman's body. But on top is the head of uh, her cat that was missing. Oh, no. <laughs> um, oh, and so God. this old woman is actually an old cat woman. Okay. Um, and so she has like a cat head, human body. Um, and she's talking <laughs> to her and she's like, hey, I... I don't know. I feel like you might have heard what just went down and I want you to know that you're safe. Um, and at this moment, uh, the the maid realizes that she has been caught in the trap of a cat demon. Mm. Um, and so uh, she is fully panicking. Yeah. But the cat woman is like, hey, it's okay. Like, do you remember me? And she's like, Oh my god, you're my cat! And the, and she like immediately runs and like embraces her. And the cat woman's like, "I'm so glad you came to find me. Aww. That was so sweet. Like I missed you so much, and oh. I felt so bad leaving, but I didn't want to get you in trouble. And I'm an old cat at this no. point. Um, this house uh, is the place where all cats make their pilgrimage." when they get older and also all cats who are mistreated in all of Japan come to this house oh. um, to live out their lives. Um, so I am getting old and I wanted to spend the rest of my life with, you know, my, my sisters. Um, so like every time a really abused cat goes missing, it's just cause they went to go live with their sisters. <laughs> they went to go live in this farm upstate. <laughs> and the farm is real. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm really battling the fact that I love this story, but also that if Fig popped up with just her head on an old woman's body, I would try to murder her. <laughs> I would stab her with a knife. <laughs> Fig is just a little ball of puff who has the most, like, sass and pomp in her... Think of, like, <laughs> the world's tiniest Maine Coon, because that's what she looks like. Yeah, and she has the, the manners of a duchess. Um, a yeah. very rude duchess. She's just Angela Lansbury as the teapot. Like, yeah. she's... But, like, imagine but not her nice. in a woman's body. Yeah. No. I would try to stab her with a knife. <laughs> I don't know. I think she's already an old lady with a cat head. Uh, right. But um, she said, so I came here to this mansion to be with all my friends. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry I didn't say goodbye. But thank you so much for coming. And the maid uh, is like clutching the cat woman's robes. And she's like, I miss you so much. Yeah. I'm so lonely without you. Aww. I've thought about you every day since you left. Please come home with me. Like, I miss you. I'll quit my job. I'll get a job somewhere else um, that likes cats. Yeah. Like, please, and like, please, likes please come me. home. <laughs> and the cat woman said, I will never forget what you've done for me. You mm -hmm. were so kind to me when no one else was. And I appreciate that so much. But 
this is this is a success for me. This is a win to come to this house and be able to take care of the other cats and everything. Yeah. This is what I've always wanted. So I'm not going to come with you. Um, but you do have to go because this place isn't safe mm-hmm. for people. These cats have been mistreated. And mm. so they, uh, they hate don't like people. Yeah. Um, and they will attack you. So she's like, so you have to go. Um, but then she gives her this um, white paper bundle. And she says, if... As you're leaving, any of the cats bother you, just shake this at them, and they'll leave you alone. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. Like a little rattle. Yeah. <laughs> that works on our cats, too, with keys. So um, <laughs> the maid gives the cat woman one final hug, um, and she takes her little bag, and she uh, leaves the house. And as she's walking away, um, all of these thousands of cats come creeping out of the woods and block her path. Oh, my God. Um, and she takes this white paper bundle, and she shakes it at them. And they all kind of, like, grumble, and then they, like, uh, spread <laughs> apart so that she can get past. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is able to get home safely because of this white paper bag. Nice. Um, so she gets home, and uh, as soon as she walks in the door, she sort of opens this white paper bundle, and she sees inside is a drawing of a dog. <laughs> <laughs> A drawing of a mean-looking dog, and inside of the dog's mouth, like, a slit is cut in the paper, and inside of the dog's mouth is a coin um, that's just, like, in the paper. And it's a um, (laughs) a 10 Rio coin, which is a not insignificant amount of money um, for the time, as far as I can tell. Mm -hmm. It's, like, finding, like, $500. Oh, shit. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so she finds this coin, um, and as she's like, oh, my God, this is amazing she gave me such a gift as she's thinking this um the housewife comes back and she sees her and like immediately her eyes drop to this gold coin and she's like where did you get that and the maid is like i uh went to this place to go find my cat and then their cat was there were cat demons yeah and then the cat demon who was my cat gave me this thing uh to shake at the cats to scare them away so that i could get home safe and it had a coin in it and that's Mm -hmm. where i got it Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and so the housewife is like oh <laughs> well if a maid is worth 10 rio then i me oh this noble woman oh is wait <gasps> absolutely worth like a hundred oh no um so she takes down all the details of the story from the maid and then she goes off Mm-mm. to <laughs> she goes off to mount inaba herself she makes this trek and she gets to mount inaba and she gets to the mansion, and she sees it, and she calls out, um, I've come to see the cat I once took care of. <laughs> oh, no. And the young woman with the... The grin. Yeah, the toothy grin pops her head out, <laughs> sees this woman, kind of rolls her eyes, and then goes back into the house. <laughs> and then a minute later, the old woman, um, the cat woman, comes out, and she says, Hello. I, it, you need a place to stay for the night? And the um, the housewife is like, yes, thank you so much. And then she comes in. Um, the cat woman makes her bed and dinner and everything like that. Um, and uh, the housewife lays down. And she doesn't really sleep because she knows what's coming and she's super excited about money. Oh, my God. Um, but at the stroke of midnight, just at the time that the maid told her, um, she slid open the door to the next room. But instead of the two beautiful women that the maid saw, she sees two furious feral cats glaring at her. Oh my god. And she's like, oh no. <laughs> I've made a mistake. Oops. <laughs> so she kind of like 
sneaks around them while they like watch her with these piercing cat eyes her yeah. every movement just she they are looking at her full of hate yeah um and so she kind of sneaks around them and then goes to the next room and she opens the door and in there are two more bigger scarier feral cats this is my mom's worst nightmare um and she's like oh shit i fucked up <laughs> And so she turns around to run, and right behind her is the old woman, and she now has the cat head, Yeah. Uh, and she says, um, <laughs> the housewife says, oh my god, thank god, it's you, the cat that I took such good care of and god, allowed into my home. this cat won't remember. Yeah, she's like, oh, my sweet cat that I love so much, um, it's time for us to go home, you know, unless you have to stay here and, like, give me some way for safe passage home, which I would totally understand. <laughs> But like I missed you so much, and the um, the Catwoman just spits at this woman with fury, and she says, "I will teach you uh, mm-hmm. to have mistreated me," and she like rears back and with her massive razor sharp cat teeth rips out the housewife's throat. Fuck, and that's the end of the story. Oh shit! <laughs> so. Ooh. Lots going on there. Um, I really love uh, that that cat killed her. Yeah, uh, amazing. Don't abuse animals. Fuck that lady. Uh, don't abuse animals. Don't kick cats. Uh-huh. Um, don't be a dick. Uh, yeah. And also, if you abuse cats, don't then go to the cats and ask for a thousand dollars. That's really <laughs> fucking weird of her. <laughs> She's dumb as hell. Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. Also, really like, this is just me, personally, mm-hmm. my reading of this story, hot lady who is a cat lesbian uh, paradise. Just all these, just all these women all yeah. sleeping together. They're hot ladies. They're also cats. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of the the one that greets everyone with just such fucking attitude. I know. Yeah, like oh, I love her so much. She's a mood. Um, I also love the old woman who is such a, like, just so fucking stone cold that she let this housewife into her house mm-hmm. and, like, fed her dinner and was super polite and then, like, waited until the right moment and got her. I love it so yeah, much. Yeah, that's fucking terrifying. Um, Ooh, cat demons. Also, as you were telling that story, Fig kept coming in and out and genuinely I was like, like, I don't know, that made me nervous. She's also now, like, wrapped up in a curtain and you just see a lump that is her shape. I'm going to take a picture of it. And if I remember, I'll put it on the Instagram when we air those. Yeah. I love uh, lesbian Catwoman Paradise. <laughs> I'm going to... I just... Like, they all... I love... Also, um, yokai are demons. They're monsters. Yeah. But they seem to have a Most moral. often, they are straight up evil, will kill you. Mm-hmm. There are some... There are some categories and, like, species of yokai that don't really want to hurt anyone kind of like some of them are like you know justice and vengeance based mm-hmm. but a lot of them just kind of hang out um they just, they're just hanging out they're just doing their thing um i really like specifically though that these cat demons are like hey if you abuse cats um we'll kill you yeah which and then, is fair. And they also have like the memory of like but if you treated us really well then like i'll do anything yeah. for you like i'll literally die for you yeah Aww. Um, amazing <laughs> i love it so much uh i love lesbian cat paradise uh i also have another very short story so in this book strange tales from japan um it's split into sections and it's really difficult to split a book like this into sections um but they split it into sort of themes so um book one uh it's split into two books within the one 
book. Book one is traditional tales, which come from, you know, like those older manuscripts and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Book two is the strange tales, which are just kind of like the stories that are usually like more regional, um, aren't, are sort of spread out in time from like, you know, indeterminate pre now time to now time where like there are lots of yokai who are like specific to like being under street lamps in the middle of the night in the city (laughs) so uh but within that um it's split into this this section is called shape-shifting cats um and there are five stories in it um i'm sorry four stories um the other categories are things like snakes wild boars and crabs living heads and skeletons (laughs) being deceived by foxes Strong samurai, people yeah. who were cursed, rivers and lakes. Um, so it's I very hard to categorize. I've heard some stories about strong samurai. That sounds yeah, great. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> um, so this section is specifically shape-changing cats. Uh, also, <laughs> oh, love this illustration. Keep I'm that going. I need to, I'm going to put that on All of these Instagram. illustrations are amazing. Um, <laughs> anyways, so they're absolutely amazing. Um but in this category, there are four stories. Uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and tell the third one real quick because I... <laughs> it's great. Go. So basically, there was a samurai and his son mm-hmm. and his wife. And they lived in a house and the house also had a cat. One night, the samurai and his son went out to go to the opera together and they left the wife <laughs> at home. nice. Yeah, real nice. father-son date. Yeah. Um, and the cat, the woman was sort of just bored and like sitting in her house. And the cat out of nowhere says, hey, <laughs> hey, what's up? And the woman is like, ah, hey, little hello, Johnny, let me whisper uh, in your ear. Yeah, she, this cat has never spoken before. So she's like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> and the cat is like, hey, do you want to um, hear what song your husband, the samurai, is listening to at the opera right now? Cute. And the woman is like, yeah, okay. Um, and so the cat like sort of cocks its head and it sings in like a tinny little cat voice <gasps> the song at the opera at the same time her husband is listening to it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> just singing exactly. cat. Um, and it's kind of singing and doing like a weird little cat dance. And she's watching it and she's like, oh shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so then the cat finishes the song and she's like, wow. And she kind of claps. And then she kind of laughs because she realizes that she's like clapping for a cat for a who's cat singing and opera? dancing for her. Um, and then the cat is like, cool, did you like it? And then Aww. she's like, yeah, that was great. And then the cat is like, sick. Never tell anybody that this happened. Oh, and then, no. like, the cat, like, walks away to a different part of the house. And the woman is like, okay. <laughs> this woman's super chill so far. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, okay. And mm-hmm. then the um, the husband and the son come home from the opera. Mm-hmm. And they tell her all about it. And she doesn't say a word about the cat. Because she promised the cat that she wouldn't. Cool. A couple uh, months later, a traveling priest comes through <laughs> uh, and stops at their house. And he's like oh, that's a cool cat that you have. And they're like, yeah, thank you. That's our cat. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, I feel like I've seen this cat before. You know what? I have seen this cat before. I was walking around and I was past this garden and it was like late at night, right? Um, And I passed this garden and there was like this fox and the fox had a tea towel on its head and it was trying to dance, but it was doing really bad. It was like, had no rhythm, just was like sort of doing the robot, but not like the actual robot, just kind of on, moving its arms. Yeah, this is me on TikTok. <laughs> this is every millennial on TikTok. Like, so, and uh, I saw this fox in this garden in the middle of the night trying to dance. And I swear to God, I saw this cat was like watching the fox and like 
muttering to itself about like, oh my god, this fox has no rhythm. Uh, and sort of mumbled to itself something about like, all right, well, I'll give him a hand. And then I like kept walking because that's none of my business. Uh, so I didn't really see what happened. But I swear to God that this is the same cat. Um, and uh, they're like, oh, that's so crazy that you saw our cat doing that. Um, and so then the priest leaves. And later that night, the samurai uh, is talking to his wife. And he's like, hey, weird question. Do you think our cat can dance and has great rhythm? <laughs> um, and the wife is like, yeah. And also it can sing. And so then she tells her husband, the oh, samurai, no, all about forgot. this singing, dancing cat. Um, and uh, he's like, oh, shit, that's crazy. We've got a super cool cat. And she's like, yeah, what a cool cat we have. Aww. And then they go to bed and they fall asleep. And the next morning, the samurai wakes up and his wife's throat has been clawed oh, out. Fuck. And she's dead. Uh, and the cat is never seen again. And that's the end of the story. Oh, um, no. <laughs> snitches get stitches. <laughs> if oh, you see your cat singing and you make a promise to that cat that you won't tell anyone, and then you tell someone, you're going to get your throat cut out. <laughs> the moral of that story literally is snitches get stitches. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so I got, like, it's just this weird story about a cat that sings and dances. And then at the very end, it's like, and also murder. <laughs> Don't fucking trust a cat that can sing and dance not to kill you in the middle of the night. I just don't trust a cat <laughs> not to kill you in the middle of the night. Anyways. That's the moral of the story. A lot of these stories feel like nightmares where they kind of, like, don't have a, like, logical story progression <laughs> in the way that we traditionally think of. It's not like someone does something wrong and then they're punished for it and there's a moral or something like that. It's just like people are just hanging out and then suddenly, like, a frog that's on fire falls out of the sky and is like, what's your favorite cup? And they're like, I don't have any cups. Uh, and the frog <laughs> is like, ah! And then, it, like, they light on fire and they die. <laughs> and that's, like, all this <laughs> just, like, weird nightmares. I love it so much. I'm gonna... I'm going to be telling so many more stories from this book because it's so much fun. Please but, do. Um, Amazing. That was anyways, fantastic. <laughs> cat demons, guys. Cat demons. Oh, uh, quick notes. Um, I did a little bit more research on just like uh, yokai in general, but also specifically um, these yokai. Oh, crap. I lost my page in my journal. Okay. Within the category of yokai, which just um, means like things that aren't us, basically. It's like mm -hmm. the others um, is what it translates to. There is a category of uh, kaibyo which is specifically yokai that are cats. Okay. Within that category, there um, is a yokai called Bakeneko, which is a cat that transforms into something, literally a changed cat. Okay. So it's a cat that starts off life as a normal cat and then, like, becomes a demon and, like, physically changes somehow. Oh, okay. Um, and within the category of Bakeneko is uh, Neko Musume, which literally translates to the cat's daughter, which is a cat that turns into a woman. Okay. Um, or woman that turns into a cat. It's a subcategory of Bakeneko. Bakeneko, uh, the bake in it comes from Obake, which is another category of yokai, uh, specifically changed monster mm -hmm. um, or changed yokai. So something that changes into something else. Cool. Um, uh, Neko Musume, the cat's daughter, cat women, is the origin of cat girls. So... Like, uh, on the internet. Like what? Cat girls. Like, just went Like, uh, in Japan, like, the girls who wear their little cat ears all the time yeah. and they're like, meow. That's where it comes from. Is from, uh, these. Uh, cat demons. That's cute. I know. That's even cuter. I, I got all the way to the end of researching this, and literally the last thing that I got to was them being like, anyways, uh, this is cat girls. And it's literally the first time that I had remembered the existence of cat girls in this whole story about cats who are girls. And I was okay. like, I'm... 
dumb. <laughs> I, I didn't put that together either. But also, I didn't have any appreciation for those girls. And now I have so much appreciation. They're modeling themselves off badass demons, but they're doing it like, meow, I'm cute. Mm, they're so cute. Oh my god, that means they can all kill you with a knife. Anyway, great I job. I hope it does. <laughs> I sure hope it does. Amazing. Yeah. Cat demon ladies. Cat demons. Cat demons. <sighs> and that's the story. A- and that was sort, sort of, of the story. Uh, that's sort of the first, <laughs> the, the first of the story, story of the two stories. So there's going to be another story. And there's three stories. Um, story. Stick around. There's going to be another story. Hey. <laughs> okay. Okay, Jamie. Okay, Max. Jamie. Okay, Max. Okay. So. <laughs> I'm nervous about mine, and I'll tell you why. Uh, so I really wanted to tell you the story of Muyan rescuing his mother. It's the story that I talked about before, about the monk who goes down to hell and to find his mother, because he realizes his mother went to hell. Uh, and he's like, wait, but like she told me that she was doing so good, and I gave her all this money, and she was giving it out as alms to other monks. So he decides to go down and get her, and then there's, like, this whole thing where he gets down and he can't find her because it turns out she's in Avicii hell, which is the lowest level of hell that you can go to. Like, they were like, fuck her. I'm sorry, she's... Avicii? Like... It's called Avicii? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, um, he, uh, goes down to there. When he gets there, like, he tells Buddha, but I think he tells Buddha, and Buddha's like, I'm sorry, she's where? And he's like, she's in Avicii hell, you know? And Buddha's like... We have a hell? And then Buddha's, like, pissed. He's like, what the hell? Oh, my God. And so he goes down there. And basically, there's a whole scene in this where Buddha, like, just destroys hell. And he's like, we're just torturing people? No. And he, like, disperses all of these souls. And he, like, kills all these demons. And it's, like, weirdly (laughs) badass. And then the guy's like, cool. And he's like, so we released all the the souls, all the ones, like, like, pretty much all of them were innocent at this point, had just been tortured. So, like, we sent them up. Like, they have ascended. It's fine. And he's like, cool. Where's my mom then? And he's like, if you don't see her in heaven, then, uh, that means she wasn't innocent. And he's like, what the hell? And so he goes looking for his mom. (laughs) Then Buddha's like, take, uh, go and search, knock on every single door, basically in the world and ask for alms and eventually you'll find your mom. And so he does this for like five or 10 years and he knocks on every single door asking for alms, like, you know, begging, doing his monk thing. And he finally gets to this one house and a black dog runs up to him and the dog's like, I'm your mom. (laughs) And he's like, oh my God, hi mom. And he's like, finally found her after doing all this work. And she's like, being a dog is terrible i eat scraps and like everything smells bad and i hate it and everybody's mean to me and blah blah and she just spends the whole time complaining and he's like mom like i i don't know isn't it better than hell and she's like no this is terrible it's not better than hell you thought you were doing me a favor and really you just made me a dog and he's like i didn't and so then he like gets her out of being a dog he's like okay well listen and so he like finds a way to get her out from being a dog and she becomes a hungry ghost because they can't just let her ascend because she's terrible so then he has to go find her as a hungry ghost and then he gets there and she's like i'm thirsty and i'm hungry and i'm sorry and everything's bad and they're like okay and uh she's with another hungry ghost and the guy's like yeah we're really sorry for everything we've done and he's like well here here mom here's some water and here's some rice and she's like 
that looks great. Yeah. And he's like, so you can share it with your friend. And she's like, okay. And then he like leaves. It's a test. And then the friend comes up to get some. She's like, get away from me. <laughs> like she takes oh. it all. And then uh, it turns to pus and like spiders. Oh, yeah. oh God. And then she like does it again. So like basically it's this guy who's doing so much like, it's him for years and years just working to, like, make his mom ascend, but she's terrible. And it's about filial piety. And in reality, I'm like, no, it's about toxic parents. <laughs> anyway, so I was excited to tell you that story that I just told you. Um, but it was a good story. Uh, end I, of podcast. That's it. And that was sort of the story. <laughs> but um, that was sort of the story. Because that's what I remember from reading it, like, ten years ago when I was studying Chinese in George Mason. So then I was looking for the story, and last night, or yesterday, day before yesterday, I found it, right? I found the PDF, and I was like, cool, save, and I'll read this later. And then I didn't realize, because I was like, it's pretty long. I'll take, like, an hour and just read it. Um, it's not, like, long, long, but it's, like, long enough that I can, like, look up all the sources and stuff. And then I realized it was only half of the story. It stops when he finds her as a dog. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, shit. So then I looked everywhere. I spent, like, two hours today just, like, every once in a while. I also, last night, I was like, I gotta find this story, thinking I would find it. Cannot find it anywhere. It's uh, Mwad Galia Yana saves his mother. And it's specific, like, it's an Indian story that then they translated into, like, Tuang, uh, Tuang, um, Tang Dynasty uh, in China. And they found the manuscripts in Dunhuang. Like, it's, like, this big old story. But, like, I cannot find it anywhere now. Oh, so I that's the worst. Yeah, so there's a lot of details that I'm missing, and so I can't tell you that story. Uh, forget you heard it. Um, <laughs> I had a when I was in high school, I took a creative writing class at the local community college, and one of the short stories that we were assigned to read was like the coolest story I had ever read. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I like two years later, I was trying to like explain it to someone, and I was like, I can't remember what it's called, and so I kept searching for what it was called and I couldn't find it for years and years and years uh and I didn't find it until like a year ago um it took like 12 years to find this story again it's um the man who knew Bellstar b-e-l-l-e-s-t-a-r-r nice. it's really cool and fun it's about a badass lady who's so, a murderer so like in year 12 <laughs> of us doing this podcast <laughs> I'll finally tell you tell you the story of Mulian saving his mother yes <laughs> it'll be great uh so with that I, would, I had about an hour left before we were supposed to record today, and I still couldn't find it. Like, up to the wire, I was like, maybe I can get all the details I need from, like, synopses, and I still couldn't do it. And so I was like, ugh. ugh. So then I picked up some books, and I just started flipping through, which is what I do when I don't know what story to choose, is I picked up my, um, the Illustrated Treasure of Swedish Folk and Fairy Tales, the one about, with John Bauer's illustrations, and I was like, I love this book. It hasn't let me down yet. So I'm just <laughs> going to flip to a random story. And I'm going to start reading. And I did. And I came across Leap the Elk and Little Princess Cottongrass. It's Aww. by Helga Killen. Killing it. Killing it. <laughs> <laughs> now, there is no, there's no other information. I don't have any other information on this story because there's nothing. If you type it in, it only comes with people who have done fan art for this, but it doesn't come with any explanation, synopsis, where he was when he wrote it. I looked up Helga Killen and... His Wikipedia is all in Swedish, and so I was like, oh, so I trans, I did the Google Translate, and it has nothing. It says, like, when he was born and when he died. That's it. And so, and that he was, like, a, an author. So, like, I'm gonna let you figure this out, but I am a little disturbed by the story, and I don't know exactly, mm, we'll talk about it, but okay. I don't know if this is as fun as... The past ones. But it has some beautiful illustrations by I John Bauer. It. And remember, every time we see, like, long blonde hair and stuff like that, usually that his wife was the 
model. Uh, John Bauer's wife was the model. However, this is about a little girl, so hopefully not his wife. Hopefully. Okay. Here's hoping. So I'm going to read the intro first because I will say Helga Kjellin has one of the most beautiful writing styles ever. This is a translation, but this is the most beautiful intro. This is just the intro written. Quote, have you ever been in a large forest and seen a strange black pool hidden deep among the tall trees? It looks bewitched and a little frightening. All is still. Fir trees and pine uh, huddle close and subtle on all sides. Sometimes the trees bend cautiously and shyly over the water, as if wondering what might be hidden in the dark depths. There is another forest growing in the water, and it, too, is full of wonder and stillness. Strangest of all, never have the two forests been able to speak to each other. By the edge of the pool and out in the water are soft tussocks uh, covered with brown bear moss and woolly white cotton grass. All is so quiet, not a sound, not a flutter of life, not a trembling breath, that all of nature seems to be holding its breath, listening, listening with beating heart, soon, soon. And then a gentle murmur stirs the crowns of the tall firs, and they lean together and begin to sing softly. Yes, we have seen him far, far away, and soon he will be here. He is coming. He is coming. A murmur sweeps through the forest, bushes rustle and whisper to each other. The cotton grass blossoms bend and bow back and forth. Yes, he is coming. He is coming. I'm skipping forward. You hear a few twigs breaking far away. They come closer, come closer. There's a crash of snapping bushes, branches, and twigs. A clatter of fast-moving footsteps and heavy panting. A large elk has thrust itself through the forest to the bank of the pool, where it stops, swings its panting muzzle, and snuffs eagerly. The majestic crown of horns shakes. The elk's nostrils flare and quiver, and then it stands still for a moment. A second later, with gigantic leaps, it disappears with the swaying tufts into the far side of the forest. That much is true. Now here is a fairy tale about it. I love it. Have You've seen My Cousin Vinny. Yes. Um, yes. This is just Marissa Tomei's monologue where she... She's like, imagine you're a little deer, mm-hmm. and you've been running around all day, and you're just thirsty, and you come to this beautiful, clear crystal spring, and you lower <laughs> your sweet little fuzzy little lips to the water, and you take a sip, and then BAM! Some asshole with a rifle blows your head clean off! Now here's a fairy tale about it. <laughs> <laughs> that basically is it. It's just yeah. this beautiful intro. But like, Watch My Cousin Vinny. Okay, honestly. It's amazing. This is the My Cousin Vinny podcast. Um, so, um, yeah, it starts off my favorite with movies of all time. gorgeous first person. It's a little bit ominous. It, like, really pretty. So now we are going to go into it. And that was, actually reading it now, having heard this whole story, it does have, like, a really beautiful cyclical nature in the story. Mm-hmm. I like his writing style. Uh, okay. It's like the story is like the reflection of the forest in the water that's <laughs> almost assumed, but not quite, not and, quite. and necessarily the two never distinct. Shall meet. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so metaphors. <laughs> Once I'm an English major. <laughs> Beautiful. Once upon a time. We start off in the meadow of Dream Castle. It's summer, it's beautiful, and in this meadow, there's the tiniest little girl, and she's the princess, right? She's a beautiful little princess. She has long blonde hair, and they say, like, she's rosy and small and just, like, perfect. And she's in this white gown that is made of silk and satin, and it's thinner, as thin as gauze, and she's sitting there plucking the flowers. Now, she always goes to this meadow. And basically her dad and mom, the king and queen, are sitting on their thrones. They're holding their scepters, wearing their crowns, and they're ruling the kingdom. And she's kind of expected to be there with them, but she gets so bored that she literally will just like sneak off to go play by herself because she only has herself. She's the only little kid in this castle. It also makes a point several times to always mention she is a child. 
There's a couple red flags in this story for me, and the fact that they constantly talk about how, just how beautiful she is, but then immediately being like, and also she's small because she's a child, and it's like a weird thing for me. I don't know. In 2022, it's weird reading this. Uh, but she's sitting next to, you know, in this meadow, and she's doing her thing, and this giant elk suddenly comes out of the forest, and he starts to walk, like, past her, and she's staring at him for a second, and she calls out, and she's like, hi, uh, what's your name? And he stops and he looks at her with his big head and he's like, my name is Long Leg Leap. And she's like, oh. <laughs> Makes sense. I like it. Long legs. <laughs> cool. And he's like, what's your name? And she's like, I'm Princess Cottongrass. I'm the princess of Dream Castle. <laughs> and he's like, I'm the princess oh, of grass. Of cotton grass. <laughs> and she's like, I'm Princess Cottongrass. And then she like picks up her crown because he's looking at her like, oh, you're a princess. And she's like, I am. And she picks up her little crown and she puts it on her head like, see? princess and then she takes it off and she puts it on the ground again and then they start talking so cute she's the cutest thing ever and so they start talking and as she like she gets up and then he like he looks at her for a long time and he's like you're beautiful you're a beautiful little kid and she's like thank you and she gets up and she starts like she just gets up and starts petting his muzzle and she's like and you're a very good elk and he's like thank you (laughs) so they like you know, have been talking, and he's like, well, I have to go. And she's like, um, what if you take me with you? And he's like, oh, I can't take you with me. You live here. You're somebody's child. And she's like, please. (laughs) And so then she starts to basically just beg and plead. She's like, I'm so bored. I can go with you. You can take me to the forest, and you can show me life. And that's, like, her whole thing. And he's like, the world is really big, and it's scary, and it's cold. I'm afraid if I take you, it will hurt you. And she says, okay, but... Think about this. I'm really warm, and I have enough warmth for everyone, oh, <laughs> and I can no. give it to everyone. And she says, "Yeah, she's super cute." But she says, "She says I am small and good, so <laughs> I think I'm going to be good oh, for the world." It, so <laughs> and so eventually, Leap consents. He's like, "Oh, okay. It's going to be dangerous and scary." And she's like, "Okay, but I'm not scared, and I trust you." And oh, so he God. bends his head, and she climbs up onto his back, and he's like, "Okay, but hold on to my horns, okay? Because we're going to start running." And then they start running off into the forest, <laughs> and they're hold on tight, <clears throat> spider monkey. <laughs> <laughs> hold on tight, little spider monkey. <laughs> Surprise! I'm telling Twilight. <laughs> we should, guys. We're going to uh, retell Twilight one day. <laughs> Yeah, our April April first episode is gonna be. Uh, oh my god! Oh my god. Wait, <laughs> I'm gonna cut that so that we can actually do that. <laughs> mm. <sighs> yes. Okay. So they run off into the woods. Okay. So they have been going for a very long time, right? It's getting darker. He's taking her to where she, he was born. So he's like, I know this forest really well. I was born here. I spend every moment of every day here. Like, this is my forest. And he's like, I'm going to take you to where I know. But she's eventually getting, like, tired. And also, she's getting really hungry. And so he kind of teases her, like, are you regretting your decision already? And she's like, no. And he's like, okay, well, we can't turn back, but don't worry. Like, there are berries up there. It's fine. And so eventually, he takes her to this beautiful grove where all these berries are. And she jumps off his back. And he's jumping from, like, tough to tough, like, like grass. And she's jumping after him. And she's playing. And she's forgotten that she's tired. Oh, she's popping berries in her mouth. It's so Having cute. a great day. Yeah. <laughs> so then... They set off again. And as they're walking, you know, he's like, you know, we have a little further to go. She's full full of berries and she starts hearing noises. And far off in the distance, she's seeing lights and she's seeing little figures dancing. And as they get closer, she's like, who's up there? Like, what, what is that noise? And he's like, oh, those are elves. Okay. He's like, and then he says, 
They seem sweet and friendly, but you must never trust them. Don't speak to them. Just hold on to my horns really tightly, and you have to pretend you don't notice to them. Promise? And she's like, okay. And so they keep going. And she's wearing... Ooh. <laughs> she's wearing her crown on her head. She has a gold necklace with a heart on it. Uh, like a gold necklace with a golden heart on it. And she's wearing her white gown. That's all she has with her. And so she's... Uh, they're going through and all of these elves suddenly start to swarm them. Like they see them and they're like, oh, and so all of these hundreds of tiny little elves start to jump around and then they start like straight up like weirdly catcalling her. They're like, hey, who are you? Hello, hello. Like, are you not going to talk to us? Like, you're not going to smile at us? Like, we're being really nice to you. <laughs> You'd be so much prettier if you smiled. <laughs> oh my gosh, not even smiling a <laughs> hey, little. Hey, where are you going? Hey, little where mama. You go? Can I get your number? <laughs> God, can you just give me your number? Like, I'm a nice elf. <laughs> so they're all being like really gross. Um, so that's just what's happening right at this moment. And they're like pulling on her hair. They're getting like bolder too. Like she's ignoring them and she's holding on tightly, but they're like starting to pull on her hair and that's making her crown jostle and now she's like oh crap like my my crown's gonna fall off and so she takes her hand off of one of the horns and she like straightens her crown and the second she does that all of these elves just start grinning gleefully and the moon's like bouncing off their teeth and like haha and they snatch her crown off her head and they run because there was like a protective power that the elk had over her as long as she was holding onto its horns. But the second she let go of one, they were able to like take stuff from her. Mm. And so they run off with their crown and she starts just bawling, right? And she's like, they took my crown. And now she's like, what are my parents going to say? The queen, the king and the queen, like they're going to be so mad at me and stuff like that. And so then Leap the Elk is like, hey, why did you let go of my horn? Like I told you not to let go of my horn. Like I gave you specific instructions you didn't listen and now look what happened like are you happy and she's like well i was afraid and he's like well you know what fine he's like but just so you know like it could have been much worse like you're probably never gonna see your crown again but they could have taken you too so like you know what it could have been worse we're gonna keep going and he's annoyed at her and she's like and then it specifically says yet the princess could not imagine anything worse than what had just happened like the worst thing that's ever happened to her is that somebody Ugh. took her crown and so they stop and they go to sleep, right? And so what she does, though, see, this is where the story turns, right? So oh, no. it doesn't actually turn. It stays in, I don't know. Okay, so the princess, uh, they go to sleep. She takes off her gown and now she's completely naked. Because apparently this little princess sleeps naked. Uh, and she hangs her gown up on a bush really carefully and then she goes to sleep. And Leap the Elk all night stands next to her and he guards her. He doesn't sleep a wink. He just stays there guarding her and protecting her. And so oh. the next, yeah, and so the next morning... Uh, he wakes her up, he touches his muzzle to her forehead, and she like wakes up and stresses, and she looks at him and she's like, today, I'm going to go bear. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> she's like, I'm and he's gonna... like, I'm gonna go elk. <laughs> <laughs> Just a couple of animals in the forest. <laughs> and she's like, I'm gonna go bear. He's like, we're so... all gonna go beast mode. <laughs> <laughs> She's basically like, I'm not putting my dress back on. Like, I'm just going to be like a naked little girl riding on a, on a moose. I'm going full feral. <laughs> so, on a moose? On an elk. Sorry. Oh, uh, if I was that elk and she called me a moose, I would kick her in the head. <laughs> to death. <laughs> okay. The, the fact that I have been struggling not to say elf this entire oh, time. No. Anyway. So she's like, you know, I'm going to go bear. And he's like, okay. And it specifically mentions, like, he cannot, like, say no to her. Like, he loves her so much. But, so it says... 
he had watched over her all night, and now this morning he realizes as she's talking to him and she's like, blah, 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 and she's like babbling about her plans and she's going about and looking at stuff, he suddenly realizes there are full tears in his eyes. And he's like, why am I crying? Like, what's happening? And then it says, he doesn't understand why, quote, except it felt autumn approaching and was seized by a desire not to be alone anymore. And that makes him a little bit crazy. And so he, he, he bends his head, she climbs up, and he bolts into the forest. And now he's like furiously running, like he is like completely lost, whatever like sentience he's having and now he's just like full on furiously running in the forest and branches are like whipping her in the face and on the hands and stuff like that and she's like hey and every once in a while she'll call out to him like I'm scared I can't hold on and he like doesn't hear her until eventually he stops they burst through like a wall in the forest and he stops and now like there's like a quiet and they've started walking again and so she's like now like who but as she's she's like quiet for a little bit right she's like clearly he's going through something (laughs) Like, we're getting further and further away from my home. And so, like, they keep walking. And then she sees something else further ahead. She sees something green and pale and, like, sickly slithering behind the trees. Like, just, like, sliding and peeking out. And she's like, what, what is that? And she's scared because whatever this is looks really scary. And he's like, oh, that's the witch of the woods. She lives here. And then he says, answer politely, but do not ask her for anything. And whatever you do, hold on tightly to my horns. Okay. And she promises. She says, okay. And then the witch glides closer, but she doesn't show herself entirely. She just like is halfway behind trees and she's peeking her head out and like curiously staring at them. And every time they walk, she'll like slither behind another tree. And so she's like this weird green shadow that's like, like Mm. just following through this forest. And the girl is trying not to look at her, but she knows she has icy green eyes and she has a blood red mouth that she keeps licking, like, out of curiosity. And Mm. so eventually this witch kind of comes a little bit closer. What? I'm picturing, um, God, what's his name? Oh, I'm going to butcher it. The, um, Peaky Blinders, uh... Killian Murphy. Uh, Yes, I'm picturing Killian Murphy (laughs) in a long wig. (laughs) Just, like, ruby red lips, piercing eyes. (laughs) Gillian Murphy, hi, my dream. <laughs> oh, that's the Witch of the Woods. <laughs> I be the Witch of the Woods. I be the Witch of the Woods. Kalakate, Um, So, finally, this witch, Killian Murphy in a wig, <laughs> comes up. Clickety Killian. Comes up and basically says, like, hey, what's your name? Like, who are you? And the little girl, very politely, because she was told to be polite, and she's a princess, she says, I am Princess Cottongrass of Dream Castle. And the witch points at the dress. So this little girl has taken her white dress, and she has draped it over, like, the elk's horns. And she says, what's that? What are you carrying? And the girl says, oh, that's the best gown I have. That's, like, my best dress. Which, now I'm thinking about it, she probably didn't want to wear it anymore because she was going through the forest. She was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to, like, you know, yeah. keep it pretty. It's like as thin as gauze. So, yeah. <laughs> and so the witch begins to beg to see it. She's like, "Can I please see your dress? I would like to hold it. I want to look at it." And the little girl is like very polite, and she says, "Oh yes, of course you may see it." And so, without thinking, she takes her dress and she takes, she lets go of one of the horns and she takes it. And the witch snatches the dress and then like runs through the forest, cackling. So now the little girl's like, "My clothes are gone!" And she's like bawling and she's upset. And of course, the elk is like, "Why?" <laughs> I told you not to let go of my horns. Like, literally, and he says, if you had let go with both hands, you would have had to follow the witch, and you probably never would have come back. Which I'm like, 
tell her that. <laughs> yeah. Don't just tell her not to let go. Tell her why she can't let go. Poor communication <laughs> is the villain in every fairy every tale. fairy tale. Like, but, again, if you're trying to protect someone, tell them why and how. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's just really, it's a bummer. So, but she forgets about the dress quicker than she forgets about the crown. It, like that one, she gets over pretty quickly. But that night, she falls asleep under the fir trees, and Leap is again standing there watching over her. He apparently doesn't need to sleep because it doesn't mention that he, by the end of this, he hasn't slept for three days straight. Like, he just will not sleep if she's there. But she wakes up the next morning and she realizes she's all alone. The elk is gone. And so she looks around and she starts to panic. And she's like, Leap, like long leg Leap, are you here? And she starts to, you know, cry out for him. And so he comes from the undergrowth, like he pokes his head out and he's like, no, I'm here. It's okay. I'm here. And he's like breathing really heavily and he looks really shocked. And so what he had done was he had gone to the top of a hill and he had started sniffing the air because something had changed and he couldn't figure out what it was. And he started sniffing towards the east and he smelled something, but he cannot pinpoint what he was smelling, but it made him feel really panicky and scared. And so um, he's like, I don't know what's happening. And so he lets her climb up on his back. And again, he like kind of snaps out of the sentience and he just starts galloping east. He's like, I got to get there. Like whatever's there, I got to get there. And so they go really, really fast. He ran and ran as if in a fever. Eventually he breaks through the tangled forest and the princess realizes they've stopped. And she's like, where are we going now? And they're coming up to a pool of water, that black pool that we talked about in the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. And so he, we, she comes up and she says, where are we going? And he says, deep in, a, in the forest is the pool. And that is where I go when autumn is coming. No person has ever been there, but you shall see it. And so he tells her, hold on tight. And then he tells her, he said, there is danger in the water. You cannot let go. The water is really dangerous. Okay. And then he says, also things get lost there. And so he's looking at the chain or he kind of like turns his head and he kind of eyes the chain around her neck that has the gold heart. It's the only thing she has left. She is completely naked. And he's like watch that heart, okay? Like, you have to watch your necklace. We're going to be really careful when we cross this pool. And she's like, okay. But when they get there, he's, you know, they're next to the water, and she's so enamored by this dark water. Something about it is calling to her. And she leans herself all the way over to kind of put her face really close to the water, because she's like, something's in there. Like, there's something happening. And then the chain with the gold heart slips over her head and falls into the water and she loses it because she's like, oh my God, my mom gave me that. That My mom gave me that necklace the day I was born. I have never not had it. And so she starts freaking out. And so she's like, I gotta go get, I gotta go get it. I'm gonna get it. And so she starts trying to climb off his back and he's like, no, no, don't climb off my back. Like, it's okay. Like, we don't need it. And she's like, no, I need that necklace. She's like, I really need it. And then she climbs off his back. She's sitting on the shore and she grabs his face and she hugs him and she's like, it's okay. She's like, it's all right. You can leave me here for just a little bit. I think I can get it back. And he's like, um, and so she kisses him and it says specifically small and slim and undressed. She sat down on the grassy hillock and Leap sat there with her for a really long time. I don't know. I'm going to cry. <laughs> this is getting oh, me. Oh no. Oof. I don't like this story. Is it? Okay. Do so, we, well, we have a second. Are there any content warnings coming up? No, there's no, no, there's no content okay. warning. <laughs> so I'm just an emotional mess, apparently. Oh. Uh, I'm going to pause it. Okay. I also don't know why I'm crying. You're going to figure out why. I, I don't know why I'm crying. Uh, so they're sitting down next to this thing. He sits with there. Many years pass. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> it's because you're looking at me. Stop it. I'm sorry. You also, you're wearing purple eyeliner. And now and I'm it's just like getting black wet, And it looks like your eyes are bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> it's really scary. <laughs> he. 
Okay. So eventually, she stays there for many, many years. He leaves. He realizes she's not going to come with me, so he leaves. Uh, this little girl is sitting next. It's because she's a little girl. <laughs> God. Goodness. Oh, buddy. So many years pass. Eventually, she no longer looks like a little girl anymore. She's turned into a slender plant, right? And she has a crown with white cotton. She's sitting there. The plant is leaning over the edge of the pool and staring in. And it specifically says, quote, Now and then the elk returns, stops, and looks at it tenderly. Only he knows that this is the princess from Dream Castle. Perhaps she nods and smiles, for he is an old friend. (laughs) Why is this so sad? Fuck you, Helga. <laughs> you want me to read your notes? <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you read okay. it. You read the end. Max is going to read the end because I'm a baby. Now and then the elk returns, stops, and looks at it tenderly. Only he knows that this is the princess from Dream Castle. Perhaps she sm- nods and smiles, for he is an old friend, but she does not want to follow him back. She cannot follow anymore as long as she is under the spell. The spell lies in the pool, and far, far under the water lies a lost heart. Ugh. Oh. Yeah, so that's the end of the story. Fuck you, Helga. <laughs> that's kind of a uh, fucked up existential fairy tale. <laughs> that, that was when you were saying that they all seem like weird nightmares. This one seems like a weird nightmare to me. Uh, your nightmares make a lot more sense than mine. <laughs> my, the flaming flo- frog dropping out of the sky <laughs> and demanding your favorite cup is a lot more like my nightmares. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's just um, like a really weird story. To me, I think... I think, too, it's just the fact that, like, a little girl went missing and then nobody knew what happened to her, you know? Why is this so sad? I, there's a whole class of stories, which I I don't know if there's a formal name for, but there is a whole class of stories that is fairy tales that are told to parents of a child that has been lost or died and uh one of the functions of fairy tales for all of human history has been to comfort people that have lost a child i mean like if even you like think about like changeling stories like when your child is sickly and dies it's easier to handle when you believe that Something magical happened to her. Something magical <laughs> happened. she went on an adventure yeah. and, like, and doesn't know she's lost. Yeah. Exactly. Um, all of this, these stories about children who, you know, like, went into a dream or something and never mm-hmm. came out. And it's heartbreaking. And it's beautiful. And it's one of the really cool things about folk stories and fairy tales is that they don't come... They're not created in a vacuum. And someone made the story. Yeah. And they made it for a reason. Um, and... Uh, yeah, that's heartbreaking. That's a sad one. I will say, when I first read this, I really didn't like this story. I was, like, reading it like, I don't know about this one. That's why I really wanted to know, like, has Helga Killen ever been arrested? Because <laughs> it kind of, to me, has, like, a Lolita vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, like, when I first read it, I was like, I don't like that this little girl is like, no, 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 I would like to be taken away, thank you. <laughs> Can mm-hmm. I please go on your back? And, like, then all of a sudden she's naked and, like, the elk's like, oh, that's weird. And she's like, no, 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 I have to be naked. Like, it always felt, to me, it felt, like, weird, like, specific things. And it might come to the fact, too, is that there are illustrations. <laughs> so let me show you some of these illustrations. So this is one oh, of the illustrations. So beautiful. Okay, that's a moose, though. Okay, that's right? That's why I keep saying moose. Um, God, he's huge. Yeah, he's really big. So moose are big. Moose are bigger than... 
hey, you guys, uh, no matter how big you think moose are, they're bigger. They they're are, huge. like, bigger than cars. And so, but then you see, Way like, bigger than cars. This one also seems different, right? Like, this one is, like, a fairy tale one. You have, like, the kind of embodiment. This one looks like a realistic illustration. I'm going to show you guys these on the Instagram. But there are some where when you get the close-up, this is, like, a realistic little body. And then this one is, like, a fairy tale little body. You know? Like, it's not yeah. defined. And then you have her here sitting next to the pond. And she looks like a little kid. Like, you see her full bare chest and like that. And you could tell it's a child. I don't know if you could tell it was a child in some of these illustrations. <laughs> you know? Like... Like, this one over here, to me, could have been his wife. Yeah. So I'm just a little bit like, ah, uh, I don't know. I was a little turned off by this story when I first read it. I was like, this scene. And then when I found out it was a man writing it, I was like, I don't know, man. I don't trust it. <laughs> I don't know. But reading it for some reason and going through it and telling it this time, I, like, feel like I've been punched in the fucking heart. Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, the story... Just the story alone, having not seen the illustrations, it really emphasizes, like, she's a child. Like, kids she's don't care baby. whether they're wearing clothes. Kids, yeah. like, you know, she didn't think to, like, tell her parents that she was leaving. Because she's a kid and it was an adventure. Yeah. You know? It's like, she is very much a child. And some of the illustrations do make it seem like she's, like, a tiny woman. And I don't mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, with but, the illustrations, it makes it a little more sinister. <laughs> yeah. But the illustrations on their own are very well crafted. Mm -hmm. um, and the story on its own, I feel like is, like, sort of about innocence a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Also, just fucking, if you want someone to follow the rules, tell, tell them, them why. The rules. Tell them why you're making rules. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if there's one thing that we, I mean, how long have we had fairy tales that have had these, like, oh, the reason why this failed was because they didn't know why they were asked to do something, and so they did it. Yeah. And we're still making these mistakes today. Like when people are raising their children, they're still just giving them rules and not explaining. And I'm like, how have you not learned yet? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Do you want me to tell another cat demon story so you feel better? No. Are you sure? It's <laughs> but a you can one. tell one. Yeah. Tell another cat demon story. That was sort of a very upsetting story oh, that no. uh, affected me and no one else. <laughs> I'm upset. Um, not me just sitting here sobbing my purple eyeliner all down my face. <laughs> yeah. Looking like a... Looking like a yokai, honestly. Like, blood Ooh. coming from your eyes. Um, okay, you tell that. I'm going to see if I can get a selfie. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I can put it on. <laughs> um, Instagram. So this is the fourth in the collection of four cat demon stories that uh, are in this book. And it's called The Cat and the Pumpkin. Um, <laughs> so there was this family. They lived in a little house and they had a little cat. But the uh, man of the house, the father, didn't like the cat and he was like fuck this cat i hate this cat <laughs> so he killed the cat um and he buried the cat in the garden and the next year in the place where he had buried the cat in the garden this huge pumpkin sprung up right massive like award-winning huge pumpkin okay. on top of where the cat was buried Eesh. and he was like oh my god this is so exciting and so he makes <laughs> this big fancy pumpkin dinner for his family and they all eat the pumpkin and immediately like get sick. Like they are like throwing up and like shitting themselves <laughs> and like they like cannot get this out of their like they are just sick and mm -hmm. there is like they are not going to get better. And so they call the doctor and the doctor's like this isn't a medicine thing. <laughs> this is an angry ghost is trying to kill you thing. What kind of doctor is this? So they go and get like a spiritual leader and the spiritual leader is like, hmm. And he, like, licks his finger and puts it up to the wind. And he's like, hmm. <laughs> did you kill something that was a living thing here on the property? And the dad is like, yeah, I killed our stupid cat. 
Um, and he's like, oh, that's what it is. Um, the cat wants you dead. The cat hates you uh, because you killed it. Yeah, um, fair. And the cat, the cat made the pumpkin to kill you. And the guy is like, oh, what do I do about it? And he's like, you gotta make it up to the cat. So, <laughs> I don't know if you can, dude. <laughs> so the the father gets like a bunch of his friends and they all dig underneath of the big stem of where the pumpkin came up. And they dig underneath and there is this skeleton of a cat. And yeah. the pumpkin, uh, the roots are coming directly out of the skeleton's mouth. Jesus. And, up. Um, and so they like detangle this cat skeleton from the roots of the pumpkin plant and they go and they like give it a really beautiful burial Mm -hmm. with like a little teeny little cat headstone and everything and then they all feel better yeah and uh the moral of the story is don't um, kill cats don't be a fucking murderer yeah like maybe just don't kill in the first place yeah just to reiterate be nice to cats or else they'll uh make a pumpkin that kills you Yeah, classic cats. Wait, I really feels like they shouldn't need this many stories to be like, don't murder cats. But I can't like, out. I was just thinking: is the story "Don't abuse cats" or is the story "Cats are wonderful" or like the point of these demons? You know, like cats yeah. can do anything and they're like magical. Yeah. Like it's eh, maybe both. But. Yeah, I just really like the image of a the cat root. skeleton with a pumpkin root and like a massive pumpkin growing out of it. I think I'm gonna that would make do a, some art. Of I was it gonna say something. that would make a cool as fuck illustration. Yeah, amazing. Um, I like it a lot. Thank yeah. you for that palate cleanser, which was cat murder. <laughs> <laughs> it's cat revenge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you're focusing on the silver lining. <laughs> She's a half. I'm gonna just go gla- ahead. My yeah. glass is half full, kind of gal. <laughs> I'm gonna editorialize this here, right? Okay. My new story okay. is that. They all eat the pumpkin, they get sick, then they find out that it's the cat doing it, and so they dig up the cat, and they go to bury it again. But um, once they dig it up, the pumpkin plant comes to life, and it strangles the dad to death, because don't kill cats. Don't kill cats. And then his soul leaves his body, and it becomes the cat's soul, and the cat comes back to life, and the rest of the family keeps the cat forever, and they're happy forever. That's the story that I've made up. Uh, Beautiful. Yeah, cat revenge. And that Uh, was sort of the story. (laughs) Goodbye. If you kill cats, you're gonna get killed. You're gonna get killed. (laughs) All right, guys. uh, Thank you for hanging out. That's the story. (laughs) See you next week. See ya. Bye. What, you, didn't, you don't think I'm hot? Uh, no, I think that you should be freezing cold like me all the time. Well, I'm a hottie, so you'll have to get over it. Hottie with a body! Yeah, a body that is Covered hot. in a sweater It's right overheating. Now. I just think that if you really loved me and you were my friend, you would also be cold. So, what are you hiding? Um, my sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs>